Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode number <laughs> 73 of the Shetty Show. The Shiv and Eddie Show brought to you live from Chicago, Illinois. Today, we have no guests. We were supposed to. Flaked is what it is. We will have one soon. Anyway, Shiv, how's it going? It's going good, man. Uh, moving through, working, working hard, back to the flow of things after a hiatus, if that's what we'll call it. So, yeah. happy to be here. Happy to be back. Uh, we literally took three out of the last four weeks off, um, and I think it was good because... Oh, two. Two, two, two. Three. We, did, we, did, we did last week. We did last week, but the two weeks before that we missed. Okay, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So, uh, it was good for us, though. I think it was good enough for us to refresh a little bit, get our creative juices going again, and have more stuff to talk about. Because when you talk about stuff every week and you don't have people there with you to talk about new stuff... It's just tough. It can get repetitive. Um, one thing that's going to help though is I am now moving out. So Shiv and I will see each other less and we will have much more to talk about on the podcast. Cause you got to understand, right? We got a best friend roommate dynamic going on here. So it's like, you know, we both get home and, and if anybody out there has got a trusted friend, first of all, hit them up, ask them how they're doing, how their day's going. But yeah, to his point, like. It's like you go on and you basically know everything about our daily lives and then you get on a podcast and it's like, okay. Well, and I remember when we were not, we were both going through some stuff in 22. You were at home grinding. I was at home grinding. You know, it wasn't as frequent and we'd hop on and just be like full of energy and it'd just be so much to talk about. And uh, so, yeah, I think, I think it'll definitely be a different dynamic, but it's sad to see you go, buddy. Yeah, man. It's it's sad to leave. Um, these things happen, though, in life. Yep. Um, we've, we've talked about it a lot. Your next chapter comes and, and goes and closes, and then a new chapter opens. And that's kind of uh, the move and what's going on here. But that doesn't take anything away from this podcast or the friendship Shiv and I have. Um, I made that comment earlier how we sometimes don't have a lot to talk about, but that's not because we don't talk. That's because we talk too much. Exactly. And, and so when we are like together after work or after a function and we get together, we have like very deep conversations that we probably would never, ever release on the pod. And, as does uh, as, 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 as with anybody, right? Exactly, you know? right? So we're, we're, talk, we're definitely talking more than ever. Um, and so that's why when we get on the podcast, sometimes it's actually hard to think of things to talk about. But we are back, and um, let's continue the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, uh, one of the first topics I wanted to bring up uh, is an incredible story about the Tesla CFO. So I'm going to pull this up. This is from the journal. Uh, so I was scrolling through this morning and just uh, it, it, and why it appealed to me was just because it's a story about somebody who, first of all, did those clubs that you would think would be like kind of pointless and kind of it, it's an example of somebody who started from not necessarily the bottom. Right. But sort of where we and a lot of the people we know and our generations currently at. Right. So Zach Kirkhorn, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, is the CFO of Tesla, right? Basically, this guy went to college. He went to the University of Pennsylvania, and he got a degree in engineering and economics, right? Basically, he won this competition in his college 
for like uh, the, like they were, it was like a robotics competition, right? So he won. Uh, they made a remote control toy truck, incorporating a propeller system to make it amphibious. The Amphibibot won a thousand dollar prize from the university, right? So thousand dollars. I really don't think it's about the money, uh, but he built a car that could go on water and it was amphibious. Okay. Right. The guy then goes to McKinsey for a couple years, right? Got to land the McKinsey consulting ship, you know, all that jazz. But then he basically comes in as a financial analyst at Tesla in 2010. Okay. So right when Tesla like enters the public market, mm-hmm. right? This guy kills it so much. They sent him to Japan to negotiate a deal with Panasonic uh, as a young kid. Basically worked his way up, and Tesla's stock actually went down a few percentage points when Elon Musk announced the replacement of the old CFO with this guy because mm. nobody knew who this guy was. He was just some analyst who worked at McKinsey like 10 years ago. Uh, so he's a CFO, and he's basically turned Tesla to, number one, be profitable. Mm. They're more profitable than their competitors in, in Detroit and the other car makers out there. And everybody thought Tesla could be profitable. Uh, and not only that, he's now navigating them through this current time where it's they have to cut prices and there's a mini recession and all that stuff. But I just think it's a cool story where it doesn't look like this kid came from much, right? And really just worked his way in a discipline, uh, well, a few disciplines to... I mean, guess become the CEO of one of the biggest companies in the entire world under the smartest guy in the entire world. Yeah, I think that entire story just reinforces the idea that Elon Musk is a genius (laughs) because this guy finds talent out of nowhere. Um, And how many other CEOs do you know who would make a call like that? A guy with very little experience in the grand scheme of things. Maybe it was a super valuable experience because he came from McKinsey. Right. But still, not a lot of time. Yeah. And he was like, I think I'm going to trust the financials of my company with this guy. And it's worked out tremendously well, for him. I just think that like those big companies, they they see the other killers in the room. They see the other lines in the room and they identify them and they do everything that they can to, you know, keep them, make them feel wanted and give them the, I guess, the responsibility that they want. But at the same time, it's like, I can't imagine how much this guy's working too. Alongside oh, yeah. Elon, I mean, Elon's pulling 16, 17ers a day, yeah. every day. It's like kind of sickening, you know? So it's, I think it's funny too that sometimes I think about, you know, if I'm really busy at work or doing something and, and I just, I feel overwhelmed. I'm like, dude, this guy runs three businesses. <laughs> yeah. And two of them are like world changing. Like I SpaceX. think all three are world changing. Yeah. Bo- uh, are you talking about Boring Company? Twitter. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So I was, see, no, I was yeah, talking yeah. about Bo- so four, because <laughs> I don't know if he. I don't know I how. I think Boring Company is his hobby. Okay. Okay. I think it's his hobby. He built a flamethrower. He sold a couple shirts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But still, yeah, he's he's got three of the most incredible companies out there right now. One of them's trying to get to Mars, yep. being the first company to do that. Yeah. The second literally has changed the way people drive. Yeah. Okay. And introduce electric cars into the fucking workspace. Yeah. And space. And three, Twitter, which is one of the few 
free speech it is platforms. Our yeah, yes. it's it's one of the few free speech platforms left out there. Also, off that point, yeah. Did you see Tucker Carlson signed with Twitter? Oh, so is that what it is? Yes. So I, I I've been I've been pretty buried the past couple of days. I saw that he made a video. That video. I did sh- watch it. You should watch that video. I would I dude, I wish we could play it live right now. It's a really good video. I never watched Tucker Carlson's show growing up or ever, but the video is really good. Should it's, I just play this video? Play it right now. Let's do it. Let's play this video. But yeah, I, the fact that Twitter was able to sign this guy, I feel like is just a huge chess move by Elon. We're back. Is this the video or is it yeah. good evening? No, uh, we're back. It should be we're back. Yep, 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 yep. Put it closer to the mic. Louder. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie. A lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters, every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really. And it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. Wow. (laughs) Sounded like a presidential keynote speech. Wow, mic drop. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, sorry, PBD. I was rooting for you. (laughs) Yeah, I I was was so rooting for PBD. When he said, I'm going to give you $100 million to come on our show, I know he was salivating at the bit for that. I wish he went over there, but this is also... 
Wow. It, it's the only move that makes more sense than the PVD move. It is the only move that makes like, more sense. Or, or I really would have respected Tucker a lot if he was just like... It, do my own the, thing? It, I, well, think, thinking about that through right now, I don't... I just don't see how he could have done... It's like a Nelk situation where half their stuff is going to get censored. It's true. He could have maybe joined like a Daily Wire. I just... But he needs his own... He's that's so, the thing. Yeah. He's bigger He's bigger than Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Right? He'll... I don't... Yeah. Dude, he, he is for this sure. Is, this is the move. It is. No, I agree. He's better, bigger than Ben Shapiro. But I, my problem was is like if he uploaded all his stuff to YouTube... How much of that's getting taken down? Yeah, a lot of it. You know, it's like Steve will do it. Posted a gambling site, and he his face appears on a YouTube video, and he gets taken down. Yeah, right. This is, a, I mean, he is sort of political because he's best friends with Trump. But like, b- besides that, ninety percent of his content has nothing to do with politics and everything doing with gambling and giving away money. Yep. Right, and he is still banned. You yeah. know, so I think, wow, what a power yeah oh man it's crazy man i don't really know how twitter's gonna do this if they're gonna start their own like tv series so they have show. like twitter spaces and stuff but i think i think because uh, like if he's gonna do his show i'm assuming that at some point they're gonna expand to what broadcast it'll be a twitter space I think. okay but yeah man i mean we have been talking about elon all podcast but it's just again like genius like honestly that was the perfect next move he needed to like really up it again. How much do you think he paid him? I mean, I mean, he cut like forty percent of the staff, so some money got freed up. There's no way he's not getting at least what PVD offered. Yeah, hundred mil. Because valuetainment's like a fraction of the size of Twitter. Right. So like, yeah, there's it's at minimum what PVD offered. I think it's maybe more. I, I agree with you. Like bigger than Rogan. What two fifty? I think Rogan's was two fifty. <sighs> Shout out Joe. Might be yeah, I know. What a it life. might be, it might be two. It might, I think it might be around that range. That's, Tucker was getting paid a lot at Fox, dude. He was. And to no. be fair, like you and I don't watch mainstream no, media. None of it. But I knew who he was, and I knew who Don Lemon was as well. Right? Uh, yeah, we both. Yeah, we both didn't watch either network mm-hmm. ever. Ever. There was not once where we were like, there's only one time I've said to put on either site. And that's in the thick of an election. Yeah. yeah. Like in the middle of one, I want to see the results from each state. I want to see them come in live. I'll put on the news. But that's it. Yeah. There's not a chance. I've gone, I, I sit at home sometimes at my parents' house and they had the news on. And I'm like, I want to be, I'm sick. I'm tired of hearing a murder this and murder that in Chicago. <laughs> like, we live here. Like, yes, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. Either. Yeah. Oh, it's Chad sent this thing uh, in the group chat the other day, and it was Colin Coward talking to this random Fox News guy. And they asked Colin Coward, what are the three cities you would move to? And the first one he names is Chicago, and the Fox News guy's like, if you move to Chicago, Chicago, why Chicago? Chicago's like living in Afghanistan. Is that what he that's said? What, that's what he said. The Ver, Fox News verbatim, guy. Verbatim, he said Chicago was like living in Afghanistan. So I'm not going to play this one because... <laughs> He's just an idiot. Uh, no, no, but not that. There's a different Colin Coward clip that is really famous. You want to know why Colin Coward's on Fox and not ESPN? 
Why is that? Well, Colin Coward was on ESPN. I remember that with Michelle Beadle. Yeah, back in our childhood. He made a very stupid comment mm. and got him kicked off at ESPN and put on Fox. But that is crazy. Some, so some assistant said that. It was, it was the, uh, some Fox News guy I've never seen in my life before. And he compared Chicago to Afghanistan. Um, and then Colin Coward just kind of brushed it off. He didn't really respond to it and was like, Chicago in the summer is like a top, <laughs> <laughs> which, is a, which is literally what we all say. You're so right, like, right. shout out Colin Coward. But yeah, thanks, Colin. It, that, that was the first one on his list. And that was the reaction the Fox News guy gave. So I don't know his name. I don't want to give him any clout by saying it here. So no, none. That's a terrible comment. That yeah. is, that, you, you know no. how, like, you know how, like, dumb, just dumb. Yeah. Like just completely uneducated you are in the city, if you call it. Like, you've never been to Afghanistan if you call Chicago Afghanistan. Right, and I get it. You know, Chirac's nickname is is Chirac, right? <laughs> yeah. it, it, but at the end of the day, that's because of a comparison to a statistic, Yeah. right, that has absolutely no context on either side of that statistic. None. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. There's no context given. It's just here's some raw data that somehow correlates to one another. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, anybody who's not from here... Or, and I'm not from here, right? But I live here and I, I'm educated enough to know that statements like that are just downright stupid. But it, it's one of those things where if you actually lived here, you would know that it's not any of those things. And I know people who have gone through Afghanistan, have gone through Syria, have gone through bombing raids, have had to leave their country and their houses are collapsed and all of that stuff. Nothing Nothing compares to that type of stuff. The people in Ukraine have have can can argue yeah. uh, about that, but not not anybody in America at all. You've been here a year now. Yeah. Have you once been robbed? <laughs> no. Have you once been held at gunpoint? <laughs> no. Have you once seen a shooting in the city? In the city, actually, no. I've seen more in DeKalb. Have you have you seen any crime take place yeah. in front of you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So you got we got one of four. One of four. But three of the ones I named were three of the major ones that the city's known for. That get described. And I listen, I think one thing, right? I have seen somebody get pickpocketed. I've seen that type of stuff, right? We live in a big city. You're going to see that every day. Mm-hmm. The one thing I tell a lot of people is... If you have your head on your shoulders and your head's not buried in your phone, like I mean buried. Yeah. Like head down, just like be aware of your surroundings. Go on the train. Look both ways. See who's in the train cart, right? Just yeah. if you do those normal things, I think you mitigate a lot of scenarios. That's mm-hmm. not gonna say something bad might not happen if you're vigilant, right? It just helps to be vigilant. It's For better sure. to be vigilant. That's what in the it's the same thing in London, right? You if you're not vigilant and you're you look clumsy and you look like you're out of place and you look lost, people are paying attention to that. Yeah, for sure. Right? They're paying attention to the guy who's like, oh, I went the wrong way like three, four times. Or or the person who's buried in their phone, they're not paying attention. They got stuff sticking out of their pockets or they got something sticking out of their bag. I'm old, I'm paranoid, right? If I'm on the train, I'm tapping my pockets. I'm tapping the back of my bag. I'm just making sure stuff is there. I'm kind of turning every now and then, you know, looking. I'm not like a spaz, mm-hmm. but I'm aware of my surroundings. Yeah. And I think if you're if you're doing that, you will avoid the majority of what you know, stuff you, you see on the news. Don't leave your car unlocked. 
Yep. You know, I'm not saying your I'm not saying carjackings don't happen. They were really bad last year. They're terrible. Yeah. They're way down this year, but they were really, really bad last year. Twenty twenty was tough too. That's when I started really noticing like the increase. Right. For sure. And you even were telling me you saw it in parts of your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. There was a we were out one night, probably like three AM and maybe like a block from where we were. We just heard a couple gunshots. Um and we kind of ran to see what had been going on, and there was a car had basically had like three or four gunshots in the windows, pretty much torn up, and whoever was driving that car just took off and dipped Jeez. before the cops got there. Jeez. Um, but like that's like probably the closest I've ever been to anything. Like, I heard it from a block away. I didn't actually see anything that went down, and then I walked over to the crime scene after. I've been closer to something like that in DeKalb multiple times. Oh yeah, dude. I probably saw more. I probably saw more rough shit go down in DeKalb than I did in Chicago. And I've lived in Chicago. You've been here your whole life. My whole life, technically, I would say eighteen years if you don't count my foreign college, or nineteen I years. Mean, even you, then, you had yeah, four, was, four, five, four months here. Exactly. Of the so, year. So twenty-three years I've been here. Yeah. I haven't seen anything like remotely close. Actually, you made a really good point, and it leads me into my point, where I saw a video where pickpocketers actually tend to target less people who, one, don't have a change in their pace or their change in their walk. So, like, for example, um, like, let's say you're pigeon-toed, so you walk inward, but then you, like, notice you're walking pigeon-toed, so then you You change. change it up. That's one of the big big factors. And the second factor is actually how you dress. So usually pickpocketers don't target people who look more well-groomed well and well-put-together. Um, so like people who are wearing suits, people who look confident, genuinely those aren't the people that pickpocketers target. Yeah. Um, so it... it that's, actually, that's actually crazy you say they're not going after the put-together people. But we're talking about pickpocketers, right? Not Yeah, robbers. not like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, don't wear a Rolex on the blue line. Um, yep. You know, it's simple, simple stuff like that. But no, yeah, dude, I, I, I 100% get your point on that one. It's, it's like, it, quite frankly, I, I look at it as, yes, we're in a good neighborhood in the city. Yeah. Right. We're not in the areas that they're describing, but that's the thing. If you're over there, it, it's for a reason. Like you're not there to work, or go party or any of that stuff. You know, it, it, unfortunately the way the city has been laid out, right. Has not been conducive to those environments growing. Mm-hmm. I think that's changing. And yeah. you could, you could tell me that more than really anybody that I kind of know, because you've done a lot of that research, but it, it, if like, there's really not a good reason to be over there. No, not at all. And again, I think I've mentioned this before, but in reality, the high crime rates in Chicago come from majorly like four or five neighborhoods, right? And considering there's over 70, yep, like that's a tiny, tiny fraction. Tell me about that new one. Um, new what? The one you, you sent, you sent to us in a group chat. There's like a new oh, thing the, getting built. Yeah. So in the South loop and kind of expanding into Bronzeville, they're basically creating like a ecosystem. So okay. like they're, they're kind of redoing a lot of the railways down there, the highways, the infrastructure, they're adding more high rise apartment buildings. They're kind of expanding downtown essentially. 
Um, and that is going to do amazing things for the Bridgeports, the Pilsons, the Chinatowns, the Bronzevilles, and then obviously all the other areas surrounding those that I just mentioned will also get some of that pushback. Um, because the reality of Chicago is there's no more room to build here. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that makes buying a home in Chicago so attractive is that supply is capped. Right. You can't grow anymore. It is Chicago's as big as Chicago's going to get. Unless Chicago decides to start eating up some of these neighboring suburbs, which I doubt they do, but there's there's no more room to build in the city. What about, you know, suburbs from where you're originally from, like the northwest side? Is there no room to like do something over there? Not no, not really. Like Skokie's as built out as it's going to be, Lincoln Woods is built out as it's going to be. Right. Um in reality, those neighborhoods too, like those that are touching the neighborhood that I'm from, um, those are basically just an extension of the city already. Right. Like it's, the homes are still very close together. It's still very much that city feel. You just don't have to deal with city taxes or city ordinances or any of that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the only crazy. difference. 62 acres. Wow. So, okay, yeah, that's... That's wild. I think that they're taking a page out of the New York book because it's kind of like that where it's yep. kind of everywhere you go in New York City where it's like it's just it's just built. Yeah, it's it's, it's dense. It's the same thing. But no, I, it's a, I guess that's a good point that, you know, when when you're looking at a, a, a city like Chicago, it's not like a city like that we talked about last week over in Austin where there is a lot of room to grow. There's yeah. so much dead land and empty space and room to build highways. Dude, we're we're struggling with keeping up with the highways we got now. Like exactly. it, it's the infrastructure's there. It's just it, it's about, you know, I guess trading when good times are good and bad times are bad. So Yeah, you know, no, exactly. Cool. And I think in a place like Austin too, like if you're into real estate or you want to be an investor, the question starts becoming like, is it cheaper for me to just develop and build a new home? Right. And How much have you looked into that? Not much because of like where you're at, right? Yeah, because I'm, I'm doing it here. But if I was in a place like Austin, I would a hundred percent, a hundred percent be looking or well, at least like see what it would cost me price per square foot to build a new home or to just buy one. Cause yeah. I, can, I can guarantee you, if it's as spread out as you're saying it is, there's probably a lot of value in just building your own. Oh yeah, I mean, like, dude, there's a, it's like a bunch of there's a na- bunch of neighboring suburbs, mm-hmm. and then right outside of that is just, it's like nothing till the next town. Okay. Yeah, right? which is wild. And it it's you know you're two hours from Dallas. There's one city I'm like, I don't know if it's Waco or or something else in Texas, but like yeah, there's just. But the problem is, is like I can't build a house in the middle of Texas that has no road that gets to the main highway. Okay. You know what I mean? We need that. If that starts getting built, then that other stuff. But you're right. There is. There is. You can buy just plots of land. Okay. And get you do whatever you want with it. You know, kind of get moving on that. The one thing is, is countrywide, they've stopped allowing building those. You know, like what we're currently in. Hmm. You can't build this anymore. Okay. Right? This type of multi... I don't know the exact name, but like this brick, multifamily, six-unit type property that's like residential. I there's Six-unit in, in one building or six-unit on the same property? 
Six units on the same property. Okay. So that technically, those are two separate residential properties. All right. So like, how about next door? Right. That's, that's like four units. Four is residential. Up until anything over four is commercial. Really? Yeah. So if I buy a place that's like twenty-five units, it's commercial. It's commercial. Commercial. Yeah. Five, really? Five units is commercial. Five legal units is commercial, yeah. Yeah, so if this thing has like 20 doors, it's like an apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, that's commercial already. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. Okay. Um, and there's there's these things too in like the new neighborhood I'm moving to. Um, the zoning there permits ADUs, which is basically an additional, you can build an additional building in the back like this one. So like right now. I see. Right now I have a backyard with a garage but if i really wanted to i could tear the garage down and build another two unit because the because the zoning permits it yeah okay yeah so the house actually next door to me they did that and they built a pretty nice like two unit in the back um and there's still plenty of space in between the two and you know it's a city bro exactly you know so it's a city you know how close we are to the other unit (laughs) yeah it's true we could touch it yeah (laughs) <laughs> like it, it's nuts. Um, no, that's that, that's crazy. But it, especially in New York City, you can't build those homes anymore. No, man, you can't do that anymore. But to be fair, those are better than the stupid single-family homes that have gotten built everywhere. You know how ugly suburbs look. Yeah, I grew up in one. Okay, like it, <laughs> ugly. It's just houses. It's just houses. Like when you look at, uh, I lived on a cul-de-sac, and it. And, and there, there was someone was explaining one of the bigger problems that's in an area like Houston, where you have to drive everywhere. You, it's so spread out. It, there's nothing tall. And it's like, yeah, man, why it should not, you should not have to, if you're in a suburb area like that, I'm not saying like you're out in the middle of nowhere where it makes sense that it's quite a few miles to the nearest store, right? Mm-hmm. In a suburb where it's supposed to be a connection to the city of sorts, you should not have to walk 45 minutes to the nearest convenience store. Yeah, that sounds awful. Like, stupid. Or, you know, the fact that if you go to a big high school, you know, or, or even a small high school, you still have to walk uh, maybe an hour and a half, two hours to go to a friend's house. Like, it, I mean, it, it, the one nice thing about when we were back in, like, for me at least, preschool, elementary, and middle school, everybody lived close because the zoning of those schools is such that it's only people in a very condensed area. Yeah. You know, so every almost everybody you knew's house you could walk to. Yeah. You know, yours was probably different because you knew so many people from other high schools. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the benefit of going to an all-boy high school too, though. Yeah. Because the reality is, like, when you're trying to hang out with some ladies, they got to come from somewhere else. Yeah, you got to you gotta go somewhere. So, yeah, you, you end up start commingling with, like, other, either the all-girls schools or, like, you commingle with the public high schools that are around you and make friends that way. Yeah. That's honestly one of the biggest reasons why, like, there's a, a lot of the people in Chicago who are raised on the Northwest side know everybody from the Northwest side. Right. Because it's just like, oh, you went to Lane? Oh, I know this person. Oh, cool. So do I. And then... Yeah, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, that's that's how it that's goes. That's funny because I've also watched it live too. Because you run into random people, you run into old friends, <laughs> you run it, and it's like, oh, you know this, you know so and so. Oh yeah, I know so. We used to play baseball together. I'm like, like, bro, do you guys know everybody? <laughs> and it's the same thing in Jersey City with my pops because I'll go over there, 
And they'll be like, oh, hey, Vinny. And I'm like, what? how does this guy know? You haven't been back here in like eight years. <laughs> what, what's going on? It's the same vibe. It's it's cool in a way. It's very, it's very unique because a lot of people, including myself, like the second you go to a different school, uh, obviously now Instagram, all that stuff, you can stay connected. But the second you went to a different school was like, it's over. Yeah. Like you just don't know that person anymore. Complete fresh start. Yeah. yeah. All, that, all that stuff. Yeah. 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 And then you get those kids who moved like every two, three years. And it's like, yeah. they're just like, oh, great. Another Here one. Here we go again. Hi, yeah, I'm the new kid. I'm from <laughs> Ohio. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think, too, um, I think that's, it's, it's a cool thing. But, like, a lot of the grade schools in Chicago are basically just funnels into wherever the, ca the nearest Catholic school or the public school is. And right. so, like, even from a young age, I, like, I knew Andrew because Andrew went to my school for a year. We've had Andrew on the Shout podcast. Shout out Andrew Edgar. But he ended up going to a rival Catholic school that I ended up playing in basketball every year till I graduated eighth grade. So, like, I stayed in touch with him throughout that entire time, and uh, that happens for a lot of kids in the city. Um, but, yeah, super, super dope. Anyway, though, we got the NBA playoffs on, baby. Yes, sir. And uh, there's some really good series. Jalen Brunson played 48 minutes. Wow. He yesterday. Didn't he didn't sit down. 48 minutes. My man. Shout out Jalen Brunson. My man. Did uh, did the 76ers win? What happened? No, I the Celtics won. Okay. So it's game seven? It's game seven. That's crazy, man. First one of the, the, the box. semis, the West semis. 95 to 86 Celtics win. Wow, man. That's wild. I'm surprised this thing went seven games. Me too. I thought Boston was like that team in the East. Joel Embiid. I guess. MVP, baby. That means nothing to me anymore. Yeah, I know. But, dude, isn't it crazy that the last four MVPs have all been European guys? Or uh, foreign guys? It is, European. man. It is. It's actually really great to see. It is cool. Because at some point, it won't ever happen. But at some point, I'd like to see... I'd like to see... Some international presence in the NFL. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know? And there are, there are, right? Uh, quite a few uh, uh, players from African nations that they're first generation American. Mm. Um, but it's not as worldwide as what basketball has done. Yeah. Right? Joel Embiid's from Africa, but Luka Doncic is from Slova Slovenia? Slovenia, yeah. Slovenia, right? Uh, like, uh, and Jokic is from Bosnia, I think. Serbia. Serbia. And it's like, okay, we have all these different countries that are coming in, and especially the growth in, in Africa has been tremendous. But I just don't... The NFL is doing more games this year in London. I think they're, for the first time, a team is playing two games in London. Mm -hmm. They're playing a game in Germany. Yep. And it's like, it's just a spectacle to them. Like, I know, because when I go over there, they're like, oh, the NFL comes, it's... So much fun to watch. Oh, doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> I'm like, none of you seriously consider putting your kids into this. Yeah. And they think it's barbaric. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like, hey, never, never do something so barbaric. And y'all play rugby. <laughs> yeah. First of all, like, <laughs> y'all play football without the pads. Yeah. But the thing is, rugby is different because you can't like tack. It's not like, I mean, football technically has this rule now where like you can't. You, I can't put my shoulder through your face, technically. Yeah. But at the same time, in rugby, like, it has to be, like, below the belt or at the belt or below the belt. Okay. But it's too, like, I grew up on football first. I didn't grow up on rugby first. 
rugby's just way too much going on. Like, why is a dude kicking it? Why? Like, yeah. what's going on here? Like, let's football is so structurally unstructured. Like, if you're new to the game, you're like, what the hell is going on here? But there's rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have to do it a certain way. It just looks weird. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I just don't see the NFL branching out in that way because of just, first of all, the way American culture is towards the sport and the fact that I don't see any other country getting that way to this game. Yeah. yeah. Have you noticed that, too? Almost every major sport in the U.S. is trying to expand globally now. Money, baby. Like, dude, the NBA has been playing games in Mexico City for, like, the past four or five years now, and they're starting to do them more and more and more. Now they're having games overseas as well. They're copying the NFL uh, they're playing in Europe, I think, next year, a game or so. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just interesting how I think they've they've hit whatever they've hit in the U.S., and now they, it's time to expand, grow the grow the empire a little bit more. Yeah, and I mean, first of all, it, with baseball, too, uh, yeah. Japan won, right? Yeah, the baseball classic. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's, I mean, mostly because I think of Shohei Otani, but it, either way, you know, the fact that, there are other countries beating America at technically their own sport is it's it's great to see just because of the growth. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, we're, we're rooting for the red, red, white and blue when it comes time for medals and stuff. For but, sure. but it's uh, it, it, it is really cool to see. The only other sport that I want to see on the reverse side is soccer. But that's already happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's already growing. It's already getting better, uh, even though the USA's results have been pretty much the same besides the stint where they didn't make the World Cup. It has grown so much. The amount of training and facilities and recruitment that can happen, e even in states where you would think, oh, that's a football state. Mm -hmm. They don't play soccer over there. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, Florida's got one of the biggest soccer facilities in the entire country. Well, I didn't know that. The Landon Donovan's Academy over at IMG. Okay, cool. Uh, like, you know, it in... You, I mean, you know, to be fair, I think of any state, Seattle or, or sorry, Washington state would be the one state that would be progressive in that stance. But Seattle's got a huge soccer community. Mm -hmm. You know, their games uh, somewhat rival Seahawks games. Now, the Seahawks aren't that great, but shout out Gino. Gino, wait, wait, Gino moved, right? No, he resigned. They oh, gave he, got, a, he got they a bag. Gave, he got there. Yeah, they gave him a big deal. You gave him a big, they gave him a big deal. Good for him. Yeah. I was rooting for him heavy. He was my backup QB in fantasy. <laughs> Good for, yeah, you got him now. He's locked in. Dude, Gino is like the epitome of the hardworking guy. The yeah. guy who had to earn it. The guy who really had to earn it. Fight yeah. for his spot every year. Which is funny, too, because he was a high pick. He was a first rounder. I can't remember if he went in the top 10. I think he did. He, um, I don't know. Idea. Let me look. Yeah, look that up. But he, uh, I think, well, dude, to be fair, he went to a horrible situation i think he got drafted by the jets oh man sorry and when that happens you just it's tough it's tough to it's tough to play in the league second round okay jets 2013 yeah there we go so he's second rounder but still a pretty high pick for a qb 100 percent um but you know what it's 10 years now he's been in the league and he solidified himself as a starter last year nine years into his career so you know what we're gonna do a little lesson here and the lesson is to never quit always keep going because it took him nine years 
to get a big bag. Nine years to get a big bag, but you, and you also won comeback player of the year and all that stuff. But it's funny that he was a Jet for three years, then he was a Giant for a year. I remember that year. <laughs> and then he was on the Chargers as a backup, and then he's been on Seattle ever since. I forgot what QB has gotten passed around the entire league. He Ryan retired Fitzpatrick. Now. Ryan Fitzpatrick, definitely. He's played, he's played for like half the teams in the NFL. Uh, Josh McCown. Josh, that's exactly who I was looking for. <laughs> Josh McCown, I swear that dude had a new team every single year. He did. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. St. Louis, this is this is Fitzpatrick, St. Louis Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans, New York Jets, Ugh. Bucks, Miami Dolphins, football team. I honestly don't think. Did he play in every division? Oh, that would have to be some quick math here. He uh, did. No, I think he's missing nope, the North. He's not the NFC North. Damn. Yeah, wow. Seventh round. He's a seventh rounder? 250th pick. Dude, good for him. That makes me like him more. I'm sorry I disrespected you with making that noise at all the teams you played for. I'm just surprised he went to Harvard. Just a second. Wow, that's funny. Fitzpatrick's a Harvard guy, too. So Economics got... degree. Nice. Smart guy. What the hell, Fat Ryan? Like, I mean, hey, listen, dude. I would... <laughs> I would play football if I could, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand those guys who actually ended up doing both. Because at Harvard, you actually have to study. Oh yeah, they don't play around. Same thing with Yale. There's a there's a really when I was learning about football, there's a famous a very famous game in football history. It's like the Har- It's Harvard versus Yale. I think <laughs> they made a movie on it. Harvard versus Yale. This is like an age old tale of. Let's see, what was, when was this first game? The Harvard-Yale series is the third most played rivalry in collegiate football history, including 137 games since 1875. In the series, Yale has 68 wins, Harvard has 61 wins, and the teams have tied eight times. <laughs> Only two collegiate rivalries have played more often than Harvard and Yale. Shoot us an Instagram DM if you know the answer to that question. There we go. Who are the two teams in college football that have played more against each other than Harvard. And Can Yale. I take a guess? Yes, because I'm going to look it up right now. Mm, it's got to be an East Coast school. I'm going to go Georgetown and Boston College. Did I get either one? Let's take a look here. 19 oldest rivals in college football. Let's scroll over to the bottom. This cannot be right. Okay. No. No, no, no. They're all Ivy Leagues. The top three are all Ivy Leagues. Okay. Harvard's in two of them. Damn. It's more just because they've been playing football the longest. Got it. Okay. It's Yale and Princeton. (laughs) Oh, man. We don't get down to like, wow, they're all Ivy League. That's actually crazy. The next, like, what's funny is what's like number 12th on this list is Western Illinois, Illinois State. Since 1904, <laughs> Western That's Illinois crazy. has played Illinois State. But these are all... And Illinois State and Eastern Illinois have been playing since 1901. Dude, I didn't even know Western Illinois was still around. I thought Western Illinois closed. Oh, man. The Dakotas rivalries, those are good to watch. South Dakota versus South Dakota State. <laughs> you got five people in the stands cheering you on. Yeah. It's funny is I know people from the Dakotas and it's exactly what you would think it is. 
Just empty and football. Empty land, farming, shooting, <laughs> football, fishing. Can be going me. fishing. Next weekend. Next weekend, going fishing. Excited. Yeah, I uh, shout out time? shout out my boy John Scab because he's the one that actually like taught me how to do that stuff. Like we're, we're gonna get some bass, even though he doesn't have that type of accent. Uh, like I I learned how to fish, and at first, I was so like, I just wasn't about it. Yeah, I was like, wait, you're telling me we wait here. Like, we sit here, we put this bait on this hook, and we just wait here. Yeah. And then, then when it pulls, we pull. And then you're telling me we let it back in the ocean? <laughs> like, what a waste of time. And then I fished for, like, I was forced to fish about 15 other times. And then about one time, I think I was really stressed out with the CPA exam. I was, like, just, I was working. A lot was going on in life, long story short. And a buddy of mine was like, hey, I'm going fishing at this pond nearby my, my parents' house. I was like, yeah, sure. I just wanted to kick it for a little bit. I tell you what, man, I fished for two hours. Sun was <laughs> setting, summer day, nice summer day in Illinois, 85 degrees, yeah. going to a nice cool 65, looking for some bass. Man, it hit. Yeah. It hit. I got it. Wow. My brain, My brain just shut off. Changed you that day? A little bit. More just like calm the nerve. You know when like... When you're when your mind is just racing, twenty four seven because you got all this stuff. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got. I'm worried about and not. And then when when you're when you're already in the middle of trying to figure out how you're going to do everything that you have on your plate right now, for some reason, if you're anything like me, now all the stuff that you have to do in the future is popping up. It's like, oh, I got to do that next week. <laughs> I got to plan for that. That's in three months. And it's like, it's like just calm. Yeah. Down. Just shut it off for a little bit and I guarantee you it all comes back and I got back I got back home I got back to my desk and all of a sudden I was like oh I know what I need to do and it was like it wasn't one of those things where it's like oh I'm like you know because part of it's a little bit of anxiety when you're all stressed out right you're like you're, you're fearful of something that first of all doesn't really exist like yeah. what are you fearful of no there is no mountain lion you know it's there true. is no antelope chasing you down mm. right it's just all like up here all in your head and the second you're able to like turn it off for like five minutes and kind of just come back to a situation i feel like it's it's like a whole new feeling like oh i just need to do x y and z yeah i don't know have you ever felt like that where you're like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and then one day you just sit down and you really just think kind of think about it you're like oh i need to do three things yeah for sure i would say so i can't think of a time like I can't give a detailed example like you just did. Yeah. But I I definitely have had that before uh, where I've just like definitely overthought or something like that. And I just end up telling myself, what am I doing here? Yeah. 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 And it's like, I, and then the, the other part is the regret afterwards where it's like, I spent an hour <laughs> worrying about Caring. a bunch of stuff yeah, that yeah. doesn't matter. And the worst part is, is I don't know if I, I don't know if you do this, is if like you have stuff to do, but it's like, all right, I don't need to do it right now. I should do it right now. Yeah. Instagram for <laughs> see what's going on. Yeah. And it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm only going to check it for five minutes. But in my back of my head, I'm like, all right, quick check, be right back. And it's like, ooh, it's been 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> Dude, to, to be completely honest with you, I think that's the one. that's the one area of my life where if I got better at that, I think... I could do a lot more and be more productive. Like, cause I think if we all did brother, seriously, cause like I will catch myself so many times on social media apps when I could be making a post, I could be 
writing an email. I could just be doing something else that benefits me in Working, some Working, studying, way. cleaning your house, something, Anything, whatever. Anything, you know? and I spend... 30 minutes on my phone looking at TikTok and it's like, dude. TikTok is the worst. Yeah, it's tough. And it, it, the, the worst part about it is it's so tailored to you. So like, I've actually had to stop, consciously stop using that app. Yeah. Midweek, I think I had a day like last week where I was just, I was just on it. And it was weird because it was like, I would get off and then the first thing I wanted to do when I had a little bit of free time Let's TikTok. get right back TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Let me look at some TikTok. Yeah. To be fair, the one time I think TikTok is really useful is if like you're on the blue line or you're sit or not, don't don't do this while driving. If you're like sitting in traffic on the bus or you're sitting on the train and it's delayed, whatever, right? You're, you're going through some shit where you could just be on your phone and you have to be there. You're stuck there. Mm. If I have like 20 minutes of traffic and I have good cell service, I'm like, oh, let's open it up. I'll just, I'll just like this will feel like five minutes. See what acid. <laughs> Let's see what Addison's Ray is up to today. <laughs> Maybe not that. My my stuff is all the same. It's like here here's a you want to be successful. Like, yeah, here's yeah, how yeah. you be successful. And it's like or it's it, or it's like Jocko Willink and a slow song in the background. Like you just got to have discipline. Or, and it's like a have song you seen that, that builds that, up. That AI, the motivational AI voice now. No, I haven't seen that. Where it, it's like a. a Oh, let me see if I can find one. It's like, it, it, it's so good. It, it's so good. I know we talked about the AI voices the other day, but this is like, this is actually crazy. It's like a motivation. It's like a dude who says motivational stuff in like a motivational voice on okay. TikTok. Okay. It's so funny. Let's hear it. Hold on. Let me, let me, I have to have one. I, I probably haven't liked one because I've watched so many and I'm like, oh, no, I can't, I can't like all these. Okay, you okay, I have a I have a video that I've been seeing lately. I want you to look this up live on the podcast. Okay? All right. All right. After you show me yours. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I can find it, so just tell me. Cuz okay, so there's this thing. I watched one video and they started popping up on my uh my TikTok feed and it is it is very creepy. Look up the the salophobia. Okay, I'll look up the salophobia in a second. I think I found the video. Okay. So it's time to get to work. It's not going to be easy. Great things never get dropped in your lap, and they never start from comfort zones. If you want to That's be something AI. you've never been, you need to do something you've never done. Scary, right? Wrong. You know what's scary? Being trapped in a perpetual cycle of unhappiness, looking at yourself each <laughs> day, and not liking the reflection you see staring back at you. Don't live hey. your life like that. Hey. You need to be willing hey. to take risks hey. and step out of your comfort zone. Will it be easy? Probably not. But if you want to change your life, you'll need to do what's right, not what's easy. Wow. Dude. A bot wanted to make you want to run through a wall. Like that. I get videos like that every single day. And it's like, I, I'll watch them like that is insane. All right. So All right. what is this thing? At? Here, here's what you're going to look up. Thala thesalophobia. T-H-A-S-S. Yes. And it should pop up. T-H-A-S-S. T-H-A-S-S-A-L. Uh-huh. A. Got it. And you're going to look at the top liked video. Okay. Okay? This popped up on my feed one night. By the way, it's like 10 p.m. Okay? Watch it, though. You got to watch it. And if... So the, 
fear of fear of deep sea fear of deep sea and bro i started getting these videos on my feed constantly thanks so, bro dude i know bro, <laughs> bro they start swiping through but like there's there's a couple that are really good like it'll be a guy or two divers like swimming around and then all of a sudden something will come from like the bottom and like go up and grab it like dude such a big fear of mine i don't th i don't have the phobia because like it doesn't freak me out but the first time i saw one of those I freaked out. I was like, what the fuck? Man, I oh I I always wanted to go deep sea diving. Really? Yeah, dude. I mean, if I had a tank and everything like that, like I Dude, fuck that. I I don't know, dude. It seems kind of like It's you know, I would rather go to space personally. You'd rather go to space 100%. than deep sea dive? Yeah, 100%. Bro, I mean, you're closer to land. I I know, but listen, there's a crazy number out there. It's like 96% of our ocean still hasn't been discovered. Like, who knows what's there? I, I know. Like, nobody knows what what's really down there. there. Dude, there's got to be something down there. Like, dude, if you get eaten, like, you're done. Like, no one's finding you. No, you're done, though. No At least finding. in space, like... No one's finding you. You get to see... No, but, like, you get to see the Earth and, like, the view's nuts. Yeah, before your eyeballs explode, like, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and the safety protocols in space are pretty, you know, yeah, up there. Yeah, right. But, um, oh, man, a trip to space would be nuts. It would be. Like one of the Bezos trips? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Did he even... He didn't really go. He, like, he no, crossed No, they went, the, like, over... Okay. They went like they over. Like, they like uh, <laughs> what's the, they like pussyfoot around it. It basically that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's yeah, that's basically exactly like what teased, it was. They teased the board I, like, of yeah, space. Yeah, but Elon Musk is in there. It's like, dude, when I get in the rocket ship, he's I'm going never, to Mars. I'm never coming yeah, back. Yeah, we'll never see Elon again. Like, yeah, he's gone. He's gonna start the civilization on Mars, and then it's gonna be like that one movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's it called? Oh man, he goes to Mars. Uh, it's really good. I can't remember, but whatever. It'll be like that movie. Um, yeah, man, dude. I don't know. Deep Sea freaks me out. Like I, I just don't like for anybody who says like they would rather do the deep sea than the than space. Like I really don't know if you know what you're. No, you for. make a good point. You make a good point. I really don't either. I'm just like, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like you yeah. know how dark it is down there too. I got a flashlight. Dude, I don't think you see far with a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got to be a pretty powerful flashlight. What do you think about the city of Atlantis? Like, what? Is it real? I mean, it yeah. is. It, but, like, yeah, I thought, I, I think it was one of those, wasn't it that, like, it was just sea level type stuff that sunk the whole thing? Pretty much. But um, it was, like, a thriving civilization. And yeah. I totally believe that. I wonder where it's at. I want to know what happened to the Mayans. Didn't they just disappear? Right. That's it, my point. That's crazy. Do you know an, enough about that to like talk no. about it? Okay. No, not to not to not sound like that's a complete not, idiot. I was I was got about to get like really interested right there. I watched the I movie Twenty Twelve. <laughs> Y'all remember that yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played on that so hard. They did. Who came up with that? The Mayans. No, 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 no. <laughs> The calendar? No, like the whole story thing. Like they put two and two together. Like no one actually thought like, hey, maybe the dude who was doing it just never finished it. Yeah, like, uh, for sure. He definitely was just like, oh, I'm done. Just didn't finish He's it. Like, There's no way we get to 2012. It was just writing numbers. <laughs> like like yeah. it wasn't an, it's not an Excel formula. You can't double click yeah. and it just goes, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you had He's to like, write that out. It's like, fuck this, dude. 2012 is it. What I want to know is, you know, like 
at in the early 80s, even in the BCs, they knew that the world was round. How? Based on the stars, where the stars were positioned in the sky. Mm. So they would track where each star was every single night. And they would see that the star would appear, you know, here, and then it would appear it proverbially right behind you and stuff. So they, they, I forgot who the first guy was that actually found that the world was round. Who was the first person to figure out that the world was round? Aristotle. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Aero, Aero, the... I'm not going to try. Greek guy, 194 BC. Goddamn. Yeah, man. He figured it out. Mathematician, poet, astronomer, music theorist. He was a man of learning and became the chief librarian at the Library of Alexandria. Well, I mean, I kind of hope he would. That's insane. You know, it's crazy. Like, when you think of time like that, like a hundred... 194 BC wasn't really that long ago. Well, what? It was 2023 plus 194 years. Yeah. Like that. That's about 2200 years. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. 2200 years. Like in the grand scheme, do Earth's been around for billions of years? Is it billions? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So think about like the existence of humanity. It's been very short. Have you seen that video where it's like uh, the Earth? In an hour, and no. humanity is like the last eight minutes. Damn. All of humanity is the last like eight minutes of this video of the history of Earth. Wow. There's this really good exhibit at the Field Museum if yeah. you ever go, and it walks you through like every prehistoric stage. It's very cool. Like you start with Pangea. the pretty much, yep. And you start with the creation and like how scientists believe the Earth was formed. They believe it was formed by lava rocks and like little micro um, microorganisms or whatever they're called, um, and it's it's so dope because there's like the dinosaurs, dude. They were here for a while. Yeah, and I mean it a took while. it took it took, it took uh, Mass a couple extinction. meteors, yeah, yeah, to like wipe the whole thing out. That 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 is funny because people are like, I wish dinosaurs were. I'm like, no, you don't, bro. I wish you would redact that statement. No, you like, do not. Yeah, dude, no. B- back in the pre back in the Jurassic era specifically which is when dinosaurs were thriving the most right insects were the size of us is You're, that true yes a lot of them bro like there's these mosquitoes basically they were like probably the size of our arm so like imagine like nobody likes mosquitoes now imagine then so you're telling me the equivalent of a blue line rat now it oh, would. I don't know about <laughs> <laughs> you seen those Dude, guys. I hate those things. They are huge. I want they make me want to get back in the gym. I already worked out that day. My non for profit is going to be <laughs> rat extermination. Rat extermination. <laughs> I hate them. I want somebody, whoever's listening to this podcast, I'm giving you a free business idea. There is a rat problem in every major city in the U.S. Yes, New York, Chicago, Especially LA, New York, but yeah. There is a huge rat problem, and it needs solving. Rats are not good for the environment. They're not good for anything. They carry disease. They're horrible to live around. They suck. Yeah, I agree. And they populate like crazy. Is there anything good from rats? No, I don't think so. I think the damn Europeans brought them over. Oh, man. 
I, I think that's literally what happened. The, the, the so do that with rats. Yep. Scale that business. Go to mosquitoes. <laughs> we'll take care of two birds in one stone. I used to. I don't know what it is. I used to get bit crazy. Apparently, it has to do with blood type. I think so. I whatever blood type they're into, whatever blood type they're into, you're that. Man, those things. Like if I go out on a trail, something outdoorsy, and I'm out there for more than an hour. And I forgot to put bug spray on. Even if it's like I put bug spray on my whole body, but I didn't put it on this one part of my calf. They'd get to it. Bang. You know what, though? I think it's a good thing. Right, really? Because a mosquito has to be drawn to you somehow, right? So your blood must be healthy. I guess. Because, like, you don't see, like, really old people getting bit up by mosquitoes, do you? No, I feel like the mosquito flies around him. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not, not no my No thanks. That's, I, I, I hope that's true. I, I know, really hope a, that's a true. a very, like, blanket statement. It, it but is. Like, but, like, I feel like there is some, like, science behind I, it. I feel like there is, right? Because if you were, I'm, I feel like they, first of all, don't they die if yeah. they bite you Imme- enough? Immediately, I think. Not immediately. Maybe, like, shortly after. I don't know what the, pl- I don't know what the benefit nice. is. Nice. A1 exterminator at your service. Yeah, pretty much. Dude, I don't know what the benefit is of, of, of biting. I guess they drink blood. I don't know. Does and, and those things can be dangerous because they can carry other diseases like Zika and oh all that God, other stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? I heard, like, Zika, like, you could, or there was some disease out in the East Coast, like, a couple years ago. Like, it's just like, this was like during COVID and everyone was like, yeah, whatever, we got to deal with COVID. Where, like, you couldn't, you grew, you grew a meat allergy. Like, you actually couldn't eat meat after you got bit by this thing. That sounds awful. If I had to go vegan, I don't know what I would do. Uh, I would personally, you know, no, I know a couple vegans. Good for you guys. Uh, it's going to be tough to fit in the macros. Like, it'd be one of those things where it's like, I still need to get in 180, 90 grams of protein a day. Yeah. If you're telling me I got to use this vegan protein powder to basically get all my protein, I don't know how long I could do it for. No. I think you'd have to pay me, or it would have to be one of those things where I go to like, I go to Bali or something, and yeah. I basically have to eat that type of diet. But then again, in Bali, they eat fish. So, like, that's the crazy part to me, man. Like, I I started eating more fish, and it's probably like a six-month update. I think I said on a podcast, I was like, I'm starting to take fish oil. Yeah, take fish oil. Mm. Helps. A very undoctored opinion here. I'm not a doctor in absolutely anything. <laughs> but... uh this is not financial nor medical advice. I would recommend fish oil. Okay. What were some of the benefits you saw? I my skin was clear. Okay. I used to get a lot of pimp. I mean, I still do, but that's just more because sometimes I'm not a healthy human being. But my skin was definitely way clear. Yeah. Uh, I felt that it, like, when I was vascularly wise, it was more vascular. Okay. And just overall, in general. I felt better, like on days where, especially on days where I was feeling a little run down, mm-hmm. right? I haven't been like truly like, oh, I'm like, I'm in bed all day. That hasn't happened in a long time. Okay. But any day where I'm like, oh, I feel kind of run down, sore throat, a little groggy, fish all that stuff. Is the- take a couple of fish oil, but I feel a little better. And it's not one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to take this so I feel better placebo, right? Mm-hmm. Not one of those. It's more just like, oh, I should take my supplement today. A couple hours later, I feel kind of better. This has been over six, eight months now where I've kind of made these small observations. So 
I would definitely recommend it. And get the one with like as high of EPA as you can get. Because okay. the fish oil you can get for like 12 bucks on Amazon. Not. I mean, like you, you're going to have to take like five of what I would take in two. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. That there's kind of levels to it. Get the, get the better one. Okay. Get the better one. If you want something that explains why that's amazing and why fish is amazing and why the sauna is amazing is Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She eats sardines straight out of a can, though. And I can't do that. That's that is tough. Yeah, I I wouldn't ever do that. I you know it's funny. It's funny that you know her because I at one point was watching a lot of Joe Rogan, and usually oh, that's where I found her too. You usually, man. Here's what happens when I listen to Joe Rogan. I'll start 15 minutes. I'll get bored because unfortunately, not all of his guests cater to me, which is completely fine. He has a super wide audience group, and that's the whole point of his show is to get diverse guests on. But dude. I started listening to her podcast. I just randomly stumbled upon it on my way to work. And then for the next three days, going back and forth to work and from work, I listened to the entire thing. And she was possibly one of my favorite guests he's ever had. So she's on. been on a couple times. So mm -hmm. if, you, if there's a prior one, go listen to that one. Too. Okay. Um, yeah, she's nuts. It's like doctors like her, Peter Atia, and Andrew Huberman. Mm. Right. Peter Atia is, I think, Peter T and 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 Rhonda Patrick, I think, are the only ones that like practice. If I'm pretty sure, because Andrew Huberman's just a, he's more of a scientist at, and a professor at a school. Mm. But man, those guys they've done wonders. Because it's like, how often do you go to the doctor? I mean, once a year probably, but it, I, probably less now. Right, and it's like, realistically speaking, if you're our age, 23, or to be fair. If you're any age, you would like to see the doctor as least as possible, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, but to be fair, at the same time, it'd be nice to just be like, hey, is this good? Yeah. You know, I, like unbiased opinion, right, from someone who's not on steroids or is like some nut who, health nut, because I say that where they're like, they'll recommend you something and it's like, well, you also eat like three pounds of vegetables a day and you go to cryotherapy and you do this, this and that. And it's like, you can't actually tell me that that is the main contributing factor to what you're saying. But like a doctor, at least I could be like, okay, tell me what the gig is. Yeah. You know, and the good ones will be very candid with you and, uh, you know, kind of explain things out. Shout out Dr. Rad. That's my doctor. Dr. Rad. Yeah. Okay, cool. Dr. Good Rad. Guy. Good guy. Family doctor for like, I might, might be approaching 20 years. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. You still go, hey, was he your um, no. pediatrician? I went to a pediatrician for a while. I was the kid that went to a pediatrician like too long. Okay. Because they were like, oh, it's, you know, because obviously like I was sitting on my parents' insurance. It was like I had a choice. But it was like, oh, you know, the pediatrician was cheaper. And I was like, I'm sitting there and there's crying babies and yeah. there's little kids screaming and I'm like, get ready for your shots. And it's like, that's so funny. I went to a pediatrician until I was 18. I actually, yeah, had, yeah. I, I had the same exact doctor throughout that entire time. Um, and he actually ended up taking a picture with me because he was retiring that year. And he was like, you're one of the two people that have stuck with me from inception to where wow. you are now. That's sick. Yeah. He gave me his like personal number and everything. He's like, you need anything? Let me know. I lost it though. I got to ask my dad if he's got it, but shout out Dr. Andrew Sagan. He's out living in a, he moved to Maine, I think. Oh wow. You went way out there. Yeah. He moved to Maine and he just want, he had a bunch of like reptiles. He was into that. 
Um, <laughs> I remember seeing him when I was like 12 years old at like a reptile show because he had his own collection there. Yeah. Just a cool guy. Um, but yeah, dude, 18 years old, I was still going to a pediatrician. It's tough, man. You're right. Like that resonated a lot with me because I remember going in there and there was like four year old kids. I was like, wait, <laughs> like, should I be here? Right dude, now? from like, it was like from 14 to 18 was like, oh my God, yeah, like, I have to go here. Yeah. But then like now it's even different where it's like I go to the doctor and it's like it's like a row of people who have just been there the past like four or five days. And it's like, I'm just trying to get in and out of here. The the one thing I do like is the blood test. Yeah, I, uh, I, I we both took one this year. It was really good to see kind of my results and where I was at. Yeah. Um, and I rec highly recommend it for anybody who like is like me, typically doesn't want to go to the doctor. But it's a good way to just check on your overall health. Dude, I want to see if there's a way, because I know it's just the way insurance and medical works here. It's probably not cheap, but I want to see if there's a way I can get one every quarter. I just mean, for the it, data. Yeah, it depends on... Like, I'm a nutcase, right? I weigh myself almost every day. I have my budget down to, a ver to the very cent. Like, I like everything tracked. I like having, you know, a lot of data there. And to me, it's like, you know, once a year is great. But it's at the same time every year. I'm probably doing the same things every year. And it'd be nice to get one in December, right? Because everybody's like, oh, you know, you move less in the winter, especially in Chicago. You move less in the winter. There's that whole thing of like seasonal depression and all that stuff, stuff that I go through almost every year. And it's like I want to see where if there's any correlation between those outside feelings and the numbers. Yeah, that's a very good point. I'm sure there's a way you could do it. It's just probably going to cost you. What was the panel you were telling me about that it's like a full sweep? Full like lipid panel? Yeah. Yeah. You get a lipid panel done every year. There's like that okay. and then there's like a... You said it was like 200 bucks to like... You you remember what I'm talking about? It's not a blood test, but oh, it's similar. Oh, you're talking about... Okay. The DEXA scan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to get that for my birthday and then I think I bought a bunch of other things uh, <laughs> uh the, yeah you did <laughs> the the uh, <laughs> no but it, a dexa scan a dexa uh a dexa scan basically is a bone density scan that scans your whole body and basically is the most accurate body fat measure that you uh, can get i see okay but then it also became one of those points where it's like it's not like i didn't have the money for it very shortly after but it was like i don't i'm not training for a competition or anything i like the way i look and we'll just we'll just leave it at that if you have an obsessive personality like me you can get too into things and it's probably not the best it's i think it's called something body dysmorphia i think it's what yeah, it's actually yeah. called but it's like it, that's not healthy bro no. it's not and i definitely like on a very candid honest level i definitely had that and maybe still continue somewhat to struggle with that and it's like it's definitely not healthy because at some point you're better than this is just factually speaking. You're better than most of the population. And you in general, if you were to ask anybody, look good. If you're at a point where you're judging yourself that hard. And it's like you just kind of got to take a step back and just like, all right, are you doing the right things every day? In general, is 80% of your diet, you know, mostly healthy? Is it mostly good? Are you working out five, six times a week? If you're checking all those boxes, you really don't have much else to be worried about. It's very true. I couldn't have said it better myself. How we feeling? We're feeling good, man. 
got an hour, f- almost 15 in there. Really? Yeah. It was a good pod. Yeah. We just went. Flying. Rap. I'm down. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks a lot for listening. We'll have guests for you soon. This has been episode number 73 of the Shetty Show, the Shivanetti Show, brought to you live from Chicago, Illinois. Make sure you interact with all our social media pages. We have a TikTok. We have an Instagram. The handle's both the same, at T-H-E-S-H-E-D-D-Y-S-H-O-W. And let us know who you want to see next. Let us know how we can improve the podcast. And let us know what you like about it most. Shiv, any final thoughts? Go Dicks, baby!